0: This is the draft day Browns fans were waiting for. Sonny, I hope you're listening. You run this team, you're the general manager, you can fix it. Hey, Tom. Hey, Sonny. Sonny,
1: every year someone comes out of this looking like a donkey. Can you hear me? Yeah. Good, because tomorrow I got a feeling it could be you if you don't make this deal.
2: Let's talk about the draft. I need you to make a splash, Sonny. And if you can't do it, then I have to do it. Just to be clear here, you're threatening to fire me, Ryan. Your job is to coach a team I give you. They do it different in Dallas? Yeah, they do. They
1: win. A lot. How is it that the ultimate prize in the most macho sport ever invented is a piece of jewelry? We talk football. We can always talk football.
0: I just want the team that I want, one
1: time. You see things other people don't see.
2: Rewind that back to the start of the play.
1: That's one of the things I love about you. All that matters is what you seek. Write your own story, Sonny. I want this team's future back. Let's get busy. Draft Day, history in the making.
0: 224 young men are about to become players in the National Football League. Callahan, he's the surefire slam dunk
3: number one pick. Trade me. I'm gonna do what's best for the team. This is the draft analysis we've all been working on for the last two months.
2: Just made a trade with the Seahawks. Sonny, that's our future. You sold a cow for magic beans. How does the entire world already know
1: about this, Mom? Because I just tweeted it. You're on Twitter? You're not.
2: I love having the number one pick. Oh, I hope that you would. The Cleveland
1: Browns are now on the clock. It's go time, boss. You've gone rogue. Who are you going to take? What's happening? Who are you picking? You son of a... I need five minutes, and then you can fire me. I got Tom Michaels on
2: the line. Sonny, are we trading six?
1: I quit, Sonny. Don't quit. See what I do from here you gonna like this.
0: The football world is in shock, wondering what exactly the Cleveland Browns, Sonny Weaver Jr. is cooking up here. You're not gonna believe what's happening.
2: You make this deal right now, say it with me. An absolute stutter. Okay, screw it. No more offers. Whoa, 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 whoa.
1: You're out of your mind. Yeah, I am, haven't I proved that already?
2: Welcome to They Called This Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Called This Movie and find us on Twitter and Instagram at TicTampod. That's T-C-D-A-M-Pod. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you could find them at GVNation.com. Welcome back to They Called This Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends.
1: Guys. Have you ever had so much stuff going on on the same day that you both had to put out a fire and throw a laptop across the room? Because I feel like that has never happened to me in months. (laughs) Yes,
2: once. (laughs) Well, (laughs) so Sonny never puts out the fire. That's true. Jennifer Garner comes and puts out the fire. So neither has Sonny. Sonny has never had one of those days. But this is just a, it's not a great day for him, is it?
1: (laughs) Well, at the very end, but... We'll get hey, there <laughs> real quick. Can I tell you? I mean,
3: it's exaggerated, but that's kind of what it's like to be at that level in sports. I, I know that for a fact. I, I've been yelled at several times for the stuff that Sonny was yelled at. Uh, uh, what's the uh, Rich, right? The intern. Rick, yeah. Rick yeah, the, the intern. intern. Yeah, he, ooh, that brought me back. I, I had PTSD when he was getting yelled at.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't envy that. But uh, this week we have a guest with us. Uh, he is the co-owner and managing editor at FantasyPoints.com and host on SiriusXM Radio. We have Joe Dolan here. Thanks for coming on the show, Joe.
0: Well, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I think it's an apropos week uh, to have me on the podcast. Great time to talk to you guys about a, what let's just call it a very interesting film, Draft Day. Good to be with everybody here. I've never done a movie podcast before, so this is something new for me, and I'm going to be having a lot of fun.
2: Great. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about fantasypoints.com or whatever you want to talk about?
0: No, well, let's just boil it down this way: If you want to win your fantasy football league, come to Fantasy Points. .com. I know Myers is an avid reader Enough. and Yo, listener. away
1: my secrets. I'm yeah. Sorry, oh. Myers.
0: sorry <laughs> Myers. This is a very important week for us, though, because it's the NFL Draft. Our NFL prospect guide is up on the website. I'm not here to sell anything, though. I'm here to have fun. But fantasypoints.com, you will not regret it if you come to the website. Trust me. Joe, yeah.
3: Joe, uh, after the podcast, you and I should talk.
0: <laughs> That's <was> uh, fine. <laughs> have Myers give you my number. I'm. I'm all ears. I'm all ears.
3: You guys are screwed now it's Absolutely. all
0: <laughs> so maybe you'll you'll be one of my new um i call them my august friends for uh, people who are like it's guys it is unbelievable i don't know how this happens but each and every year around like august 15th a whole lot of people remember you know i wonder what dolan's up to i'm gonna check in with him uh see how he's doing how, how how's the wife how are the dogs how's that oh and by the way maybe i'll get a little extra it's just it's just weird how that works out
3: it's like you hit the lottery every august right and then i know just just friends and family come out of the woodwork
0: (laughs) funny
2: how that works out every year i i'll see if it happens
0: again this year my guess is it will
2: what we do every week is we talk about anything we've been watching so joe we're gonna start with you is there anything you've been watching this week
0: i'm finishing up my wife and i are finishing up the last kingdom on netflix which has kind of scratched our Game of Thrones, like Bravehearty itch. It's more Braveheart than Game of Thrones because there's no like witchcraft and, and monsters and creepy crawlies and all that stuff. But there's a lot of hunky dudes going around talking and then like vague European accents A lot of good battles. Just a really uh, entertaining show. Barry's coming back. I just watched the first two episodes of Better Call Saul from this season. So we've been enjoying that. So that's what we've been watching. Loved Yellow Jackets and Only Murders in the Building this year. So uh, plenty plenty that I have been watching. But none of that we're going to be talking about on this show.
2: (laughs) Great. Dan, what about you? Anything?
3: So my wife and I are going through the Stranger Things seasons getting ready for the the new season. I think it's the final season. So we're just kind of uh, boning up on that. And I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but do you remember the the one character Mike? Like I guess he's one of the main the main kids.
2: Everyone just mm-hmm. dunks on his dad for no reason. Is, which one's Mike remind me? Is it the he's main the, kid?
3: Yeah, he's Is it the Finn one.
2: Yes.
0: He's the one in Ghostbusters, I think. Correct.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So everyone just kind of like dunks on his dad and he's the only one who never does really like really anything wrong. Like like, (laughs) Stranger Things, they make it look like the father is this like lame, boring dude. Like, all right, well, I'm sorry that your dad makes six figures in 1985 and just like loves his family. I don't know if to tell you. What a guys. loser. Yeah. <laughs> right. it, oh, to be oh, fair no. to that
0: child, that mom is hot as hell.
3: Oh yeah, Mike's mom that's is a, that's definitely, a hot mom. Yeah, and he oh he knows that. He definitely knows that. Billy knows that. And he's going out of his way to uh to really give her the business. <laughs> Even the little kids are just like, Oh, you're you're useless, Mr. I, I forget the kid, the <laughs> last name, but you're useless or you don't get that from your dad and like all right, well maybe lay <laughs> off the dad. He's the the only one thing like illegal or crazy here. So we watched that. And then I watched The Crow, Brandon Brandon Lee's The Crow. And okay. I thought it was going to be like, I was really excited to watch it for some reason. And I, I liked it the first time I watched the second time. I've This is the second time I've seen it. I It doesn't hold up very well, but it has a decent like Tony Todd's in it. He's pretty cool. Ernie Hudson is always great. And then that was kind of like it. And I was very disappointed. I don't know why I was so excited to watch The Crow. But, damn, that's
2: pretty much it. I don't know. You're just not into the hot topic scene, I guess.
3: Yeah, I've outgrown it. That's what it is.
2: (laughs) What about you, Mark? Anything?
1: None. I I, I did plan to go see um, the movie I keep mentioning every week. This weekend just got busy. I did watch a lot of five-minute craft videos on YouTube. But I don't think that counts for this. (laughs) i had to clean my apartment so something had to be on in the background
2: i just i love how that your part of this segment is the things i almost went to see or thought about as for me i went to the movie theaters twice this weekend gentlemen twice and i took the wife to see it see a movie she hasn't gone to the theaters since covid and i think little women was the movie we last saw so we went to the theaters on saturday night and we saw the northman which was weird And kind of great, but also very weird. (laughs) And it was it was quite silent at the end of that movie in terms of the theater. I don't think it's going to be a great crowd pleaser is what people think. But I really love The Witch. And this is Robert Eggers third movie and really well done. Super violent, a little more mystical than I was expecting, but not a uh, I I didn't mind it. But uh, Alexander Skarsgård is yoked as fuck in it yeah it's wild there's it feel there's moments where it feels i was like oh that that feels like a D moment that feels like a D thing that I, you would have to do so but, was it was it almost like the green knight in
3: in a way so i haven't seen
2: mysticism oh okay. i haven't seen the green knight but i think people are making the comparisons to that okay but i really enjoyed it i can't say i would recommend it someone asked me that question like would you recommend it i was like I feel like I wouldn't recommend it to my parents because it's over two hours. And but we watched that and I liked it. If you like Robert Eggers, give it a shot. Like Morbius made so much money and the prevailing comment out of it, like the best comments I ever saw was it's not that bad. And it's like, well, you're paying money, $15 (laughs) minimum to go see this movie that people are saying is not that bad. Like, what are you doing with your life? Go see, go see things like The Northman or everything everywhere all at once. Mark. Yes,
1: <laughs> I didn't even want to try and say it because I mess it up every.
2: So, yeah, give money to the movies that need it and, um, you know, rely on every ticket sale. sale. But the other thing I saw was another one sort of like that. It's the unbearable weight of massive talent. I went to go oh. see because I needed to get my Nick Cage fix. And it's delightful. It's a lot of fun. It's like it's like Tropic Thunder. If Tropic Thunder was just about Nicolas Cage, (laughs) that is what I could compare it. He's he's fun in it. Uh, Pedro Pascal's a lot of a lot of fun in it. It's it's a good time. It's a solid seven. But if you're a fan of Nicolas Cage, definitely seek that one out. That's all I watched this week. So we're we're going to take a quick break and you guys are going to list some ads so we can pay those bills. And we'll be back in a second. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was Mark's pick. So Mark, you want to tell us about the movie that you picked this week?
1: Yeah. So this movie I've been thinking about doing for a few years that we've been doing this podcast. As you heard earlier, I do have a few friends that work in the uh, fantasy football industry. So I always had this idea of roping at least one, two, or maybe all three of them into doing a podcast of the Kevin Costner classic draft day, just to because some of them might have some behind like knowledge of how this stuff usually works, you know, talking to people they've known over the years and stuff and just uh, how ridiculous and maybe unrealistic this movie can be or how close to realistic it is um surprisingly. But yeah, so I've watched this movie once before and the only two things I remembered from it going back was that Aaron Foster played Ray Jennings and then two the part where the uh the nerdy intern is trying to put his laptop back together after Kevin Costner throws it against the wall. <laughs> it was such a natural, like sad, like intern like n- moment of, oh man, I can't afford to get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And it felt real it felt very real. But yeah, the the roller coaster ride that this movie goes on is something I completely forgot. You know, how For the early part of the movie, you're wondering how he has a job. And then by the end, you're like, oh, why doesn't he just do this all the time? Like, (laughs) like, it's such a crazy thing. And then he's the one GM that had, like, every single kind of life event happen in one day, (laughs) apparently, or within a week. So a lot of plot devices. And by God, did they just want to throw a lot of NFL shit in there? Obviously, it was sponsored by them, but or paid for by them. I loved when they would go to the cities and be like, Kansas City, home of the Chiefs, and and put up the logo. But yeah, this movie is as interesting and weird as I remember it being, and um, it's what every person not in a war room thinks these war rooms are like.
2: Okay, great. But you, Joe, where are you coming from with Draft Day?
0: Oh, oh man. First and foremost, allow me to say this. I was entertained, okay? But... I was entertained because I was laughing the whole time. I mentioned this to my wife tonight because she watched with me. And I said she loves the, like, the Hallmark Christmas movies, right? If they made a Hallmark movie about the NFL draft, it could not be sappier.
2: Sure. (laughs) Like, it was...
0: It was legitimately a hallmark take on the NFL draft. It was unrealistic. I don't remember any of the characters' names. As a matter of fact, I didn't even find out until today that Arian Foster played the running back in that movie. <laughs> like yeah. I was like, oh, there's yeah. Kevin Costner and there's Jennifer Garner and there's Dennis. I don't know their character names. I just like yeah. it's it's Kevin Costner and and Chadwick and although Chadwick Boseman's name stands out because of the note of the note, but yeah. it was. So incredibly unrealistic and all that together because they inserted the nerdy intern at just the right times that it was funny enough. But yeah, it was, let's just say I've, I've had worse Saturday nights, but this was definitely a movie that was way more unintentionally comedic than I think they were going for. But it was entertaining enough for me. I'm sure we'll get into nitpicking all the things wrong about it. But it was entertaining enough. And if you're a serious football fan, especially with the NFL draft coming up this week, and you want something that you're going to be like, oh my god, I can't believe they did that, watch this movie. You'll enjoy it. Okay, great. Dan, what about you? Where are you coming from? Draft day.
3: All right. So I've seen draft day. This is the second time. The first time was just out of sheer, you know, curiosity. Just, you know, nothing else was on never saw it figured why not this movie is it's a very forgetful movie because I, I remember i saw it i remembered nothing about it I, during the second watch i was like oh oh yeah Jennifer Gardner's in this i forgot about that Franklin Jell is in this oh okay i am kind of remembering some of these things but i i didn't remember like the 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 whole twist at the end and just how and, and i came to the realization this movie is just the story of a man who fails upwards that's all he does yeah. his whole life he just fails upwards right he's son of he, a coach son <laughs> of a coach right he's a terrible husband so he gets divorced then he hooks up with Jennifer Gardner like oh okay so you upgraded there then you make <laughs> you show your ass and you give up a ton of you give up all your first round picks and you get the guy you wanted then you get
2: everyone else that you wanted <laughs> Yeah.
0: The only thing I mean, missing, I mean,
2: he didn't, he didn't also get Bo Callahan just for this shits is, and giggles. This is
0: exactly why I call it like the Hallmark movie, right? Because the whole thing about a Hallmark movie at Christmas is they got to save the lodge or they have to save the Christmas village or, you know, something like that. NFL. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to fall in love with somebody who's jaded, who is from the city. And then not only do I save the lodge, but I also get the person I fell in love with who moves from New York City to Podunk, Colorado, just for me. Like, um, it, like that is literally what this movie was. It was incredible.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, and it, it's, you could tell this movie is definitely sponsored by the NFL because the first thing it does is try to sweep, uh, it, it tries to sweep assault and battery under the rug. Like, it's all <laughs> just a little assault and battery. He you know, you only landed a kid in a hospital. It's yeah. fine. He'll be okay.
1: <laughs> it only happened
3: once. <laughs> yeah, it, he's still a good kid, all right? We all make mistakes. <laughs> so, so you had that, and I I really groaned whenever they would, like, wax poetic with certain NFL stories from years past, you know, like Joe Montana with The Final Drive. Like, oh. The John
1: Candy story.
3: Yeah, the John yeah. Candy story, or, like, like oh he's got a lot of Pittsburgh again. I mean he's doing this this and that. I'm just like oh, like no GM gives a shit about prior stuff like that. No yeah. one does that. Yeah. And I, it, it was all just to like make make NFL this
1: like the, this love story for it. You know. Yeah, yeah. The I think the only realistic thing that he talks about, or uh, and again I've never been around GMs or know if this would really happen. But when they're re-scouting Bo Callahan and he goes, everybody has a something, we just have mm-hmm. to figure out what his is and if we can live with it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I'm makes like, sense.
1: I was like, yeah, I can see some GMs. Like, that's the most realistic line I think he says in the movie. That's
0: a really good point, Myers. Yeah, that, yeah. that, was, that was that. It's just, it, it became so outsized that, like, obviously the entire premise of the movie is that Bo Callahan's a can't prospect, okay? Yeah and they trade for the guy while knowing absolutely nothing about him.
3: (laughs) Which means they didn't do their due diligence at all.
0: Dude, let me tell you something. These GMs, even if you have no chance to draft Aiden Hutchinson this year, the GMs, forgive me for a crude term, but they know how big the chunks of corn in his crap are, okay? Like, they know <laughs> everything about this. You're going to tell me that this guy, who was supposedly this can't-miss quarterback prospect, every GM in the league didn't know that he was a selfish asshole. Like, Right. <laughs> I, I, and yeah. I mean, like, they really, This is this is where I got, like, and I mean, I expected to be disconnected from this movie, so I was able to enjoy it for what it was. But my favorite I think my favorite line in the line I laugh the most at about this entire movie is when he goes into the gym uh to the strength coach and they're talking about uh the the quarterback who was injured, right? Brian uh, Drew.
1: Brian Drew. Brian yeah. Drew,
0: okay. And he goes, Yeah, did you know what your star receiver, such and such, said about him? Like like they threw in there that like Kevin Costner wouldn't know who his star receiver was. Like they <laughs> they really shoehorned that line in there. Hey, this is your star receiver, and here's what he said. And Kevin Costner didn't know that his starting quarterback had been working out and squatting 350 pounds or whatever. Give me a yeah. break. Squatting
2: like, 400 like, pounds.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, Kevin Costner is attached to, the, to that quarterback's leg like Jeff Van Gundy to Alonzo Mourning, okay? Like, <laughs> he knew he knows every pound that kid was lifting, and he does, he's doing secret workouts. Like, like, the general manager doesn't know about him.
3: It it's funny because you mentioned that every even if you know you're not getting the quarterback, they kind of they do their due diligence, right? And yeah. they bring that point up when Kevin Costner talks about Andrew Luck. Like everybody knew about Andrew Luck. Well, the Browns weren't gonna get Andrew Luck that year. They knew that, but still yeah. apparently they knew Andrew Luck was this dynamite uh, you know, can't miss quarterback. Yeah. So they, they kind of ruined that whole idea at the get go.
1: Yeah, yeah. It it just I I think the main thing was they needed to, they were like, all right, we have to show what it's like to scout somebody. So let's just have them go through all the things they would have done for months before in six hours. Yeah. Sure. And my my favorite part about that strength coach, I'm so glad Joe brought him up um, is that guy was just giving a note. Strength coaches yell in a really like husky, deep voice. And that guy was like, got it. (laughs)
0: Like, Okay. Oh, oh, speaking well, of the scouting process, by the way, just like yeah. like I thought it was hysterical, and I understand why they did this. It's a Hollywood movie, but I just thought it was hysterical that all the scouting tapes that they used to to evaluate Callahan were these highly zoomed in, highly produced like highlight reels with like fourteen different camera angles. Which is like if obviously if you're an NFL fan, you know what coaches scout on. It's from super zoomed out like. So you can see every player on the field at all the times. I understand why they did that, but it was just so hilarious to me that they have like these, these cinematic camera angles on their scouting tapes. It was, that might not have landed with other people the way it did with me, but it certainly landed with me. And I, I got a chuckle out of it.
2: Definitely. Yes.
0: So Ant, what did you think?
2: So this is my first time I've watched draft day. I didn't mind the NFL stuff. Well, I'll say I didn't mind the football stuff. This is the biggest piece of propaganda that we've watched since <laughs> Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. Yes. Because the budget on this movie is only $25 million, I'm assuming because NFL gave them a lot more. I want to start a rumor or say that they knew that the NFL knew that the movie Concussion was coming out in 2015. So they scrambled to put together a movie that painted them in a nice light. Where did the 25 million go? Uh, Kevin Costner probably got a good chunk because it doesn't show in the in anywhere else right it I was surprised that it was as expensive as it was because I was thinking about it before I did that research I was like you know what this is like an this is like an office building they could have shot this I don't even know who, who who produced this Lionsgate let's say like they could have shot it in the offices of whatever production company that they have because most of it's just office stuff I guess location stuff. I'm assuming they went to some of the places they said they went, but they didn't have to because a lot of it's just boardrooms of of teams. But the stuff inside the war room was fun, probably unrealistic, but I was so bored by everything not involving that stuff. Like, I couldn't give a shit about his mom wanting to scatter the ashes. It's like, lady, read the fucking room. First okay. of all, Ellen Burstyn, <laughs> your, your son is obviously clinging to the threads of his job. And you're wanted to scatter his dad's ashes like three hours before he's on the clock. Like, just take a seat. Pop some pills. Um, dad's uh, not going anywhere. That's a that's a requiem for a ge- dream joke <laughs> for anybody that <laughs> that picked up on that. that. And the Jennifer Garner romance is weird because there's no chemistry there and it's inappropriate given the age <laughs> difference. I have it written down. Is there a real reason for this love story? Yeah. Like, that's a Rene Russo role, right? Oh, yeah. That's, that's it, a good like, one. Reteam Kevin Costner and Rene Russo. I'd yes. watch that. But then, you know, Rene Russo is probably too old to have a, a pregnancy storyline. Maybe that's what they were thinking. Yeah. yeah. But that doesn't need to be. Just be like, you know, you know, Sonny, you're just not committing to me or something like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm at the end. Easier. You know, I... Are we? What are we doing here? Basically, storyline. Mm-hmm. That's all that needed to be. I love that Chadwick Postman was thirty-seven playing a college recruit. That's yeah, great. He,
1: and the the best part is he was by far, far and away the best actor in the movie. Yeah, like like all of his scenes, I was like, oh man, I I want him to get drafted first. <laughs> <So> he's, <laughs> he's great. Like, he got me. Yeah, he's good. And I, you know what?
2: I, I I don't dislike Kevin Costner in this movie. He's he's Kevin, like. He's,
1: Kevin Costner,
2: but it all it all revolves around that last 15 minutes. Yes, yeah. this movie drags this whole thing out yeah. for that final 15 minutes. And it's not a particularly long movie. Probably could yeah. be 90 minutes, though. Yeah. The, gold, the golden ratio. I thought they did a
3: pretty good minute. job of conveying that all owners are pricks. Yeah, that right. They did a good job with that because right, the, you had Franklin Jella and then uh, the, the one the, the owner of the Seahawks. I he think he was the GM, but yeah, was, oh, okay, because he was, he was he was like Flesham, like pretty much just like take this guy's lunch. Like <laughs> no, one, like no one wanted to help anybody here. And save I, seven million dollars. True. What's that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, save seven million dollars. We have to do this deal,
3: right? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, and and then you have Dennis Leary, who might have been the biggest prick out of all of them, just because he's Dennis Leary. I, I thought that. It had some decent performances, but outside of outside of that, it was a very slow
2: paced movie and just very, very dull. Yeah, there's not so, anything very
1: memorable about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so I, I, I couldn't decide if it was funnier that the Dennis Leary character was supposed to be Barry Switzer or that they assumed the Cowboys had won a ring recently.
3: <laughs> right. They, I guess they were just expecting that to have happened.
1: <laughs> was more
0: unrealistic that, or the fact that the University of Wisconsin would have a Heisman That's Trophy winning quarterback? That.
1: <laughs> that was the only school that they could that was cheap enough to get the, yeah. the helmet. <laughs> All right, what's the what's the cheapest but
0: most believable? Uh, we couldn't pick Tulsa. You no. know? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure that uh, that Nevada gonna fly. We gotta go Power Five. But not too bad. Like, don't pick don't pick Iowa State. I got it, Wisconsin. Yeah,
3: <laughs> people know them. Yeah, I, I did a little research. Well, I mean, not a lot. A little research. I feel like this is pretty well known. So the the whole crux of this movie is essentially uh, Franklin Jela pressures Kevin Costner to make this big big splash. Right. So he he trades with Seattle for the number one spot. And he's like on the fence with taking this uh, quarterback, right? Winds up not doing it. Spoiler alert! And he like the, the, he's lauded as a genius for what happens afterwards, right? So who won the twenty fourteen Super Bowl? Not the Cleveland Browns. No, was it the Seahawks? It was the Seahawks. The Seahawks wind up winning the the, the Super Bowl, and they get their quarterback. So once yeah. again, this movie proves
1: the Browns can't do shit,
2: right? You know? <laughs> Yeah.
3: And
1: you absolutely know that uh Ray Jennings is gonna be a bust. Oh yeah. Florida <laughs> State running back. Yeah.
0: Here's here's the funny part, and I like I, I, I mean the entire discussion of this podcast basically is going to have to come down to the last 15 minutes because that's yeah. all that's really all the substance of this movie. The the funniest part to me and and uh, there is a very militant group of 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 people on Twitter who uh, and and I mean this it's understandable talking about the value of positions, okay? Like yeah. a quarterback obviously means more than a kicker, you know? Like things like that. Well, of of the non like kicker punter long snapper tier of positions in football. Those who, who really like are, are adherent to analytics would tell you the two least valuable positions in all of football are probably linebacker and running back. And the, the, the two top 10 picks that he spends are on a linebacker. Although to be fair, I think it's, I think it's implied that Vontae Mack is a pass rusher. So yeah. that, that, that gives him a little bit more value, but running backs in the top 10 are generally regarded as terrible picks. So like, it would have been hysterical if this happened in real life, which it would never happen in real life. And yeah. we'll get into that. How that like people would be like, wait a minute. You made these incredible trades, but you still made terrible picks. Like, what are you doing with your life? Um, uh, Like, there is so much going on at the end of that movie that, like, it just continually one-upped itself.
2: Draft Day from 2014 is directed by Ivan Reitman, director of Meatballs, Stripes, Ghostbusters 1 and 2, Twins, Kindergarten Cop, Dave Jr., Father's Day, Six Days, Seven Nights, Evolution, which we've covered on this podcast, My Super Ex-Girlfriend, and No Strings Attached. It's a quality career of mostly middle of the road comedies besides Ghostbusters and Stripes probably <laughs> starring Kevin Costner, Chadwick Boseman, Jennifer Garner, Franklin Jella, Dennis Leary, Patrick St. Sprit, Jai McBride, Tom Welling, W Earl Brown, Terry Crews, Arian Foster, Griffin Newman, Ellen Burstyn, Kevin Dunn, and Sean Diddy Combs, featuring cameos from Roger Goodell, Chris Berman, Rich Eisen, Deion Sanders, Mike Mayock, Mel Kuiper, and
1: many more. It's IMDb yes, score good. And one for me and Joe. Joe Banner was in it at the very oh, end. Oh
0: yeah, and then pre-canceled <laughs> Gru Dog was in there too. Yeah, he was in there. He got he got one in there. Oh man, yeah, there was there was a lot of oh, oh uh, good to see you. Jim. Yeah, Jim Brown was in there. Yeah. Um they, they got they got the Browns greats like Bernie Kosar. They they uh, the NFL the NFL really laid it on thick in this movie.
2: Yes they did. The INV score of six point eight and a rotten tomato score of sixty percent. Budget twenty five million dollars, box office twenty nine million dollars. So hey, a little bit over.
1: It made, it made its money back.
2: Yeah, I mean when you don't count like advertising and stuff like that. But uh... yeah, I
1: mean the NFL took care of all that, so
2: that's possibly that's definitely probably true because good Lord, there's a lot of NFL dick sucking going on in this movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that draft day is uh, it's it's fine. I think when I, I yeah. will not remember this movie and I will probably never watch it again. <laughs> I think that's what I could come away with saying is that it's it's there. It exists. Yep. And that's Kevin that's Costner all got paid. For. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to get into plot? Let's do it. All right. Dan, what you got?
3: Just going to give a very quick shout out to two of our friends, Tia and Brittany, and their podcast, The Top Ten with Tia. It's a podcast where Tia and Brittany go over top ten lists. So if that's something that's uh, up your alley, go over to geekvibesnation.com, search Top Ten with Tia, check them out, give them a follow, and you can follow Tia on Twitter at TC underscore Stark
2: okay great and we are going to take a quick break and you guys are going to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast and we will be back in a second
0: hey everyone this is steve and this is adam and we're part of the hop nation usa podcast pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast join us every friday for new beer reviews we'll talk about the news history and homebrewing Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So, whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi, didn't see you there. house in philly and i'll see
2: you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back now it's time to get into plot four draft day we open on draft day that's the name of this movie roughly 12 hours from the first pick in times square as everyone sets up for the presentation and we get that sweeping i was just gonna say go ahead i was gonna say and chris berman waxing philosophical (laughs) about draft day which is the name of this movie go ahead no that's what i was gonna say
1: and then Chris, chris berman reads a poem at the beginning of the movie
2: yeah just really <laughs>
1: really just making I mean, I don't sure w- you understand what's going on here
2: i don't want to keep saying sucking the dick but really just <laughs> sucking the nfl's dick <laughs> i mean i guess he knows where he's getting paid uh, yeah, th- then we go- yeah then we go to seattle as the gm and another front office person discuss what to do with their first overall pick the slam dunk first pick is heisman trophy winner bo callahan quarterback but Seattle is looking for any reason to trade out of the pick, which I'm actually not 100% sure why. Um, They talk about who they might wind up trading their pick to, and then we cut to Cleveland and Sonny
1: Weaver's house, played by Kevin Costner. I I love the way they do the cut. He goes, what poor sap could we get to give us more than we want? (laughs) Cleveland.
3: (laughs) It's it's so fitting that the next shot is of Kevin
2: Costner, though. what a way to introduce our hero <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or sap <laughs> what a dumb idiot is gonna take a take our pick it's like something out of a simpsons cartoon <laughs> episode right yeah cut to homer yep he is the gm of the browns and he's the son of the former coach who just passed away and jennifer garner is his age inappropriate girlfriend who is pregnant He didn't have a super great reaction to the news. This is such a subplot I do not care about. And I skipped skipped over writing notes of several scenes that they're in whenever they go to the closet. Like, who gives a shit? Uh, She leaves and he gets a call from Seattle about trading for the first overall pick. Seattle plays coy about wanting to move out of the number one pick, but wants a king's ransom for it regardless. The next two first rounders and a third rounder in the in the third year. Tom from yeah. Seattle wants to make the deal right there, but Sonny tells him he's gotta go. Good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The uh and the one the first un, well, I'm not sure about this, but the first unrealistic thing is a GM driving around listening to sports talk radio. You don't think they, they listen to sports talk? Uh. Some might.
0: Maybe maybe it's just me in the radio business. I like I actually don't didn't find that being too unrealistic. I'm sure many don't, but I do think, especially in a city like Cleveland, okay. where the fan base is so in tune with, or, or not in tune, but the fan base is so, has such a relationship with the team. I think they like to know what, um, what is being said. And I'll, I'll tell you this, when I worked for the Philadelphia Eagles, um, the PR team would send out every single day links to news stories and blog posts regarding so (laughs) now I don't know if that's common practice around the league and that doesn't certainly doesn't equate to a general manager listening to like Angelo Cataldi scream his head off but (laughs) I I do think they care about what people are saying and maybe especially so a general manager whose job is so I don't know if I found that as unrealistic but like I can see why initially you might think that, oh, my God, like, what
1: is he doing? to Yeah, yeah, it's 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 the listening version of doom scrolling.
2: Yeah, I mean, you guys do root for the football, the basketball team that had a GM that had a burner account. So on Twitter.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, don't like I mean, I think these guys know. And again, it, it boils back to the conversation we had earlier about like. How the hell did they not know that this quarterback was an asshole? Like, (laughs) you know, it's just like, not to say that these guys are omnipresent and omnipotent and all knowing. But if you're a general manager, you're going to know quite a few things like in this regard. It's your, by the way, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get back to, we'll get to that when, once the trade happens, because I have a point about the scouting department to make too.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, because, like, John, like it feels like they kind of pulled some Johnny Manziel stuff with this Bo Callahan of, like, his personality. It's like, man, everybody knew about that. How could you not? Right. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. oh, like, man, oh, he's, he's fucking so many girls. That's such a surprise to me. They have draft day. And, and they give him, like, like, cream
3: Abdul-Jabbar numbers in terms of <laughs> women he sleeps with. Like, he's sleeping with at least 20 women, like, a, a week. Yeah, like, mm, you think so? I I don't know, well, man. Wait They're... a
0: minute, D- did did Kareem bang that many women, or do you mean Wilt Chamberlain? Oh,
3: Wilt Chamberlain. That okay? Yeah, I that, was about yeah. to say,
0: like now, like yeah, I don't I don't know if we should do that to, to Kareem. I mean, Kareem's got a good <laughs> reputation, and hey, more power to him if he's out there racking up numbers.
2: But <laughs> he did it silently. He yeah. he didn't he didn't flaunt it,
0: but yeah. I knew. <laughs>
3: uh,
2: you know, I mean, Bo Callahan doesn't read the playbook, so he's got all kinds of time on his hands. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so Sonny goes to work and we get some more philosophical conversation about the Cleveland Browns by some local Cleveland personalities who also call Sonny Weaver out by name. Then Sonny gets a call from Vontae Mack, 37-year-old Chadwick Bozeman, who is apparently playing a 22-year-old linebacker, hoping to be picked by Sonny because if not, he'll probably fall later in the draft. They can't afford the paycheck because he's got ne- nephews to take care of. Sonny hangs up. Oh, go
1: ahead. I was going to say the end of the scene, Chadwick's uh, little the, the shot on him after he hangs up um, and you can just like see on his face like he portrays the emotion. And then the instant that he knows how to like flip it to be like, hey, to the to the nephews, like mm-hmm. not show them what's going on. I think I think it was like I said, again, he's probably in terms of acting scenes, despite not being in much of this movie, probably the best parts of this movie.
2: Yeah, Arian Foster could never.
1: No, no, that was that was like local athlete commercial level acting.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I forgot he was like, I forget that he's in this movie at points like he gets he gets he shows up in the next scene and then like, man, ghost town until the NFL draft. But. Sonny hangs up. uh, Sonny hangs up, and when he's getting gas, and he gets a call from Terry Crews representing his son Ray Jennings, Arian Foster, running back out of Florida State that may slip in the draft because of an off-the-field altercation. And that's it, really.
0: (laughs) A running back slipping to number seven. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know, like from a plot standpoint, that's about one of like the bottom five things that's wrong with this movie. But like a running back slipping in the draft is like getting undrafted these days. One slipping to number 7 is so ridiculous to me, but um yeah, what was they they were obviously in an NFL sponsored movie, very careful to make sure that this was an ambiguous fight where he might not have started it and might have just been defending himself. Right. Right, man. and they had to—they had to make sure that happened. So, but uh, <laughs> I'm actually surprised they allowed that.
3: But. Right, that's a good yeah. point. Right, like why even draw negative attention to any of these players if you're trying to paint yourself in such a good light?
0: That was about as realistic as it gets because you know, in, 250 guys get drafted every year. Like like a decent number of them like five six who knows have been in
1: bar fights in their lives i mean it's just the way things go so yeah it actually might be one of the most realistic things about the movie there's there's Mm -hmm. bar fights and smoking weed with a gas mask you know (laughs) things happen
2: oh man that
1: actually happened by the way that was not a movie
2: (laughs) um talk about a running back slipping played by arian foster who went undrafted yeah uh sunny then meets with the owner anthony molina played by frank langella at a water park just so molina can make a metaphor about making a splash oh i hated that scene
3: <laughs> people pay to get wet sunny mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah and old man frank langella is the
1: one that says that too I know. <laughs> oh
2: This made me feel dirty
1: <laughs> yeah there's like i, I- I'll be honest, Dan. I've watched this movie twice, and I don't think the metaphor hit me until you just said, it. <laughs> and it makes me hate that scene even more. Yep, it's like there's no reason to be there. No, no. Langella's like I, he's going to the airport. I think, right? They don't even like give like I say this on almost all of our podcasts. You know, it's my it's my one one of my tenants. They couldn't even give you like one line that he owned the water park. <laughs> like like that's it just it's one of his businesses that's why I mean, they're there it probably is but at the yeah. same time
2: it's literally just so he could talk about making a I'm splash sad.
3: i'm honestly surprised that there's a water park in cleveland to be honest oh there's, uh, like, a,
1: there's like a famous thing at least oh. in ohio uh, yeah. cedar point cedar point yeah
0: cedar point is in <clears throat> sandusky it- ohio um, but which is, which is near Cleveland. So, um, yeah. it, it's, uh, yeah. Cedar Point's like oh, one of the great okay. roller coaster parks in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. It's pretty nice. Really? Yeah.
3: But it's not in Do Cleveland. No. no, it's, it's outside okay. of Cleveland. Gotcha. Matter okay. of
0: fact, let me, uh, let me Google maps it for you right now. Because I, uh, <laughs> when I went there as a kid, uh, we went to the rock and roll hall of fame after. So
1: it was Cleveland. Ski, See, there's no thing you could have done at your bachelor party, Dan. Yeah. It's an, it's yeah. about an hour away. It's about an hour away. <laughs>
3: Probably the yeah. most fun thing that's ever happened to Cleveland. My bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, you you guys enjoy your, your roller coasters. I'm going to pass Cedar Point. Thank you very much. Um, so where am I? Uh, they go over what the team needs. And short of Bo Callahan falling into their laps, Molina wants Sonny to take Ray Jennings as a team and their new head coach needs a running back. Molina says Sonny needs to make a splash. Or he's fired. On the way to the stadium, Sonny calls Tom in Seattle to make the trade. But now Tom says he wants their next three first-round picks instead of two and a third. So there's, Sonny begrudgingly makes that trade. There's no GM that makes that trade, right? Mike it's a Dica. lot to give up. Mike right. did that. Yeah, he gave up. He gave up a lot for Ricky Williams.
0: I'll. T- I'll. Uh, this this trade is actually one of the more realistic parts of the entire movie. Really. Three first-round picks for the number one overall pick is about as realistic as it gets. Wow. And, and the first one being a top 10 pick. So first and foremost, I was going to tell you, and I wanted to talk about that when you had first mentioned it, the initial offer from Seattle, um, Kevin Coster should have taken that and run with it right away. Two first-round picks and a third for the number one overall pick when there is supposedly a can't-miss quarterback on the board, you must make that trade. You must, that, that is a, so let me go, let me go to the uh, 2012 NFL draft. Okay. Cause this is going to feature Washington trading up to the number two overall pick to take Robert Griffin, the third. And we know how that worked out, but let's just, let's just talk about the trade. So for the number two overall pick in 2012, St. Louis traded um, first round selections as traded in the number two overall pick to Washington for first round picks in 2020, 2012, 2013, and 2014, and a second round selection in 2012. And Washington only moved up from six to two, as opposed to seven to one in this deal. So actually, you can make the argument that Cleveland underpaid for that deal. Yeah. Oh, interesting. The first one, the, Kevin Costner should have been fired for not taking the first trade, even if he didn't <laughs> want Callahan, because he could have pawned that pick off to anybody else for more than that. So that was so the the second trade was that of all the trades made in this movie, that was the most fair trade: the three first round picks for the number
1: one overall pick. Yeah, and I think they even referenced the Griffin trade in it without saying it.
0: I think they did mention that Myers. Now that you mentioned it, and Washington ended up giving up more than Cleveland did in this hypothetical trade. Yeah, that was actually the most realistic trade in the entire movie.
3: Wow, that's mind-boggling. Because to me, like you know, that's they even mentioned that's that's the farm. He's selling the farm, and they they make it so much more difficult than I guess it really would have been.
0: And the other realistic part that Kevin Costner mentioned when Dennis Leary came and yelled at him for selling the farm or mortgaging the future, whichever term you want to yeah. use, and he's like, "No, we didn't mortgage the future. Bo Callahan is the future." Yeah. So that that was also a realistic thing for him to say. So of all the deals made in this movie, let's not forget that Costner turned down an incredible deal before talking to Frank Langella. The deal he end, ended up making was actually probably pretty fair for both sides. Oh,
3: man. That's why that blew my mind.
0: <laughs> That's why you brought me on here, guys. I had yeah. to I had to relate it to
3: something. Yeah. Paying dividends. Yeah. We're oh, going to
0: yeah. get to the ridiculous trades made in this. Movie. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. <laughs>
3: Now I'm
2: like, I I don't know what to expect now. (laughs) So Sonny comes into the war room to hear the head coach, Penn, talk up Ray Jennings, the running back. But Sonny breaks the news to him and the team that he traded for the number one pick. Two mixed reviews, we'll say. Um, Molina calls to congratulate Sonny and says he's headed to New York to meet Bo personally and makes a Spider-Man turn on the dark uh, joke, which is super timely and just still holds up to today. Longest running show on Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) And Coach Penn is not happy because he felt they already had a QB and what he really needs is a running back. And then Sonny asks Allie, Jennifer Garner, to work on the numbers for the salary cap with the assumption they're taking both the first pick. And then Sonny tells the team that they should look at Bo Callahan's tape before they wind up picking him.
1: You know, as Joe said, they probably should have done that before. Yeah. Even if they didn't think they were getting him.
2: Yeah. I guess because you're picking seventh, it's not impossible that he falls right right no. you know, Brady Brady well, Quinn fell all the way to the
0: 20s Brady Quinn stunk that was the problem
2: well yeah <laughs> and,
0: and then of course Cleveland drafted him now well here's the thing <laughs> though, and here's where I'm gonna get to the scouting department okay they're like I know there was like two chuckleheads that they continued to focus on in this movie but NFL scouting departments are dozens of guys deep it oh, I is bet. their job to know the bank accounts, the social security numbers, the number of pets, the number of of siblings, everything about the the players in their region. The notion that some scout, let's forget about the general manager who's focusing on bigger picture things and probably doesn't think at that point that they had a shot at getting Bo Callahan, which in and of itself is farcical because you would know there would be chatter around the league that Seattle's looking to move this pick. But let's just assume the general manager didn't know anything about that. The fact that there is not a scout in this building that was like, hey, guys, this guy might be a phony and he might be an asshole. And nobody was there to say it until we'll get to what happens. Like it's, it. I know you have to drive the plot of the movie, but that, that is as, as unbelievable as there is. This is a can't-miss prospect and not a single person in your building had heard of the warts around him. Ridiculous.
3: And it's, except for that one guy who just keeps talking in riddles.
2: <laughs>
0: it's like, Ralph, the security
2: guy. He knows yeah. more about Bo Callahan than any of those scouting guys.
3: Ask me what happened at his birthday party. I don't have time for this, man. If, <laughs> if you do not give me straightforward answers, I'm firing <laughs> you immediately. Oh,
0: I totally forgot about that guy, but that was one of the other realistic parts of the movie. Not that you'd have a security guy who's going to talk in riddles all the time, but every single NFL team has a guy like that.
3: I, I Yeah, there would have to be, right?
0: A, a head of security who knows police departments around the country, who knows other heads of security. Like, that is a very important job in sports. Like, Like they
3: they all talk, essentially. Oh,
0: for sure. For sure. And many of them are ex-cops. But that that job, that was not there just to have a a character who knows things. That job exists. None of them, they don't talk like the Sphinx, but but those guys absolutely exist in every single building. So that was a realistic part, too.
2: Yeah. R- 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 Ralph's just sitting there like, hey, Sonny, let's play Two Truths and a Lie. <laughs> like if, if you want to find
3: out what happens with Bo Callahan, answer me, my riddle. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like it's like he's going to one of the, um, I know, what are, like, th- those hags that can tell the future. One of them has the eye and one of them
2: has like the the tongue or whatever. Or the the, the classic uh, one of us tells the truth. One of us can only lie. You have to pick which one is is telling the truth. He read the he read the playbook. No one went to his (laughs) birthday party. Oh, geez. What's going on here? (laughs) So Sonny gets a call from Diddy, who's Bo Callahan's agent. And Sonny gets the opportunity to talk to Bo and it's fine. But Sonny's still not convinced.
1: Yeah, who's actually listed in this movie as Sean Combs, which is odd. He didn't yeah. go the rock route and put the put the persona in the middle.
2: Mm. I in my notes, I originally said Sean P. Diddy Combs, and I corrected myself because yeah, don't, don't need to I'm offend. Not, him. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use his dead name. It's fine. After the call, Sonny then has to deal with Penn, who comes into his office to tell him how much he hates the trade and to burn the scouting book that they spent all off season putting together. After Penn leaves, Sonny gets a call from his mom, Ellen Burstyn, who says she found out about the trade through Vontae's Twitter and that the trade was a mistake because he could have taken Jennings at seven.
1: Yep, and we learned a very valuable lesson here. Never tweet. Never tweet. And again,
3: total NFL propaganda, right? Just like telling the players, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Don't have a personality outside of football. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, and a lot of coaches and general managers feel exactly that way.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They, they hate when these guys tweet or do anything social media related. If it's oh. not to make the, the organization look good, I would
0: absolutely. say. Absolutely.
2: absolutely. And then after Penn leaves, uh, Sonny then calls Vontae and tells him to stop tweeting. <laughs> Vante says he can do whatever he wants and that Sonny should take a good look at the tape where Vontae sacked uh, sack Bo four times look at what Bo does after the sacks so another person talking in riddles
1: right now ahead, Mark. yeah and this drills home what Joe has been saying if it how has if if people are both scouting Mac and Bo Callahan how has no one spotted what has happened in this game happens right exactly
2: (laughs) yeah every everybody is is just on top of how well Bo does overall in that game but like it seems like it seems like they're watching that game for the first time, which is seems to be a nationally televised game <laughs> that lots of people would have seen. <laughs> so now, now here's my next question, and maybe Joe, you or Joe or,
3: or Mark, sure. one of you guys can answer this for me. So they watched that game where uh, where Vontae sacks Bo four times, right? And like after every sack, he uh, Bo gets rattled. Wouldn't the the logical thing be? to go to another game where he gets sacked and see how he reacts after it?
0: That would be very logical.
3: Right, because like maybe it's just this one player is in his head, not every time he gets sacked.
0: Right, <laughs> and and by the way, I, you have to simplify things for movies, but scouting rooms are going to have debates like, yeah, I saw that, but we can coach it out of them, or it only really happened on this rare occasion, so maybe it was just a bad game. Like, no, it yes, that, that would be something that you would do. I don't think... Uh actually I know very for a fact you would never take a guy and drop him on your draft board because he had a couple bad plays after he got sacked four times in one game. Like that that would not be the case. But I'll I'll I'm willing to concede that they had to tell the story with some brevity because it's a Hollywood movie. But right. but yes, that is obviously the case. They would never, ever, ever, ever just base it off of four plays on for his entire
3: career. And and in that same game, he threw for four touchdowns with the game winning touchdown at the end there. So <laughs> I feel like, like okay, he got rattled, but he still like tore them apart, you know.
1: But Mac Which, wasn't in the game at that point, Dan. That's
2: oh, that's true.
3: Because he oh, gave the right a game. girl.
2: <laughs> and that's another part where it's like where the scout scouts don't do their <laughs> I don't know due it's his mother. <laughs> his sister, who died oh, of sister. cancer. <laughs>
3: six months later <laughs> at that point do you not just fire those guys it's like they what go. have you
0: guys what have you guys been doing all year <laughs> to be some like tom rinaldi tear sequence on espn about that too yeah. Like, oh my <laughs> god fonte <laughs> mac got got ejected for giving a game ball to his deathly ill family member and yeah. like how is this not a travesty like and, like they just all found out about it at that moment that <laughs> that was a little bit over the top yes
3: yeah <laughs> Hey, what? So, like, you guys know you're supposed to scout these guys, right? Like, not just like sit on the computer
1: all day and talk about who you want to bang.
0: Literally, <laughs> it's their full time job is to be college oh, scouts. Yeah,
1: yeah it's so bad. Yeah. yeah, they were too worried about being on Bo Callahan's uh, college, oh, yeah. US or whatever website. Yeah,
3: and there's no way someone would allow a college student to do that, right? Like a, a college athlete of that caliber, like, dude, you got to take that website down. No one's gonna draft you if they see this. It's just—it's oh, yeah. a problem.
0: This is the bigger red flag for Callahan. Yeah, the right, fact a that this website existed, like, like, so you you mean to tell me you have a you have a running list of all the girls that he's spent a night with, and you don't know that he might be a phony leader? Like, that does not add <laughs> up. Does not add.
3: Yeah, this guy thinks he's Derek Jeter already. Yeah.
2: Avante tweeting—that's the problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> probably just color their skin. It's probably the reason <laughs> racism
3: probably at this point. <laughs> NFL, not even trying to hide it.
2: Yeah. Uh, Sonny calls Tom from Seattle to see why he was willing to trade away from the number one spot. i take Callahan uh, Callahan and Thomas preoccupied though, with the effigies of him from the fans of the Seahawks <laughs> are brandishing outside his window. Seems a little harsh. Um, meanwhile, Sonny's team is too busy looking at the paparazzi pictures of all the girls Bo has managed to bang rather than find anything of use to Sonny, so he chews their asses out for wasting his time. He's probably just firing them. And yeah. then Rick the intern tells Sonny that Brian Drew, the team's current QB, just trashed uh, Sonny's office, and then he told him to go fuck his dead mother. <laughs> Rick, Rick the intern. He told Rick the intern to go fuck his dead mother. Yeah. So,
3: but hey, We didn't really touch on Rick, really. I mean, this poor kid just... Sp- get- if you think Sonny is having a bad
2: uh bad 12 hours <laughs> Rick's 12 hours is infinitely worse yeah and worse paid oh yeah he's an, <laughs> he's an intern he might not get be getting paid
3: right that, that you know so Sonny laments throughout the whole thing like oh if you know if I don't pull this off I'm gonna lose my job all right well you're you're probably a millionaire uh Rick is a kid straight out of college getting paid probably twelve fifty an hour. Uh so I, I don't feel too bad for you, Sonny. You'll probably land somewhere else too, as that usually happens. So I don't care.
2: Yeah. At the very least, he's probably getting some money from his dead dad, right? He didn't Not go to the, the will reading, so who knows? But <laughs> right. just but a very his, inopportune time to die. His ex-wife did though, Rosanna Arquette. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is like, is that I don't know if that's nice or like evil. Uh I mean we really don't get enough of her uh, personality to figure out if it was like, well, I was married. He was my father-in-law at some point, so I right. should, should show my respects versus I hope there's something in there for me. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> or I, I, I get half of whatever he gets.
2: Yeah,
3: I, I do imagine that it was that that's a failed marriage due to Kevin Costner.
2: Yeah, I mean, she after he throws the the laptop, she tells Jennifer Garner good luck. But also, he like he like derides her for like having a career in the arts. Yeah, right. He's like, don't you have like an art exhibit to open or something? It's like Ooh, got her. Yeah. <laughs> really showed her. Yeah, some aloe for that
3: burn. And you know, she probably like yeah. Well, I ha- I ha- I do have an art gallery to go to, and I I'm living my best life sunny yeah. so i guess suck on that
2: yeah don't forget my alimony check at the end of the month And <laughs> just throws the deuces up walks out <laughs> so sunny confronts drew in the locker room who tells him to trade him if he's going to draft callahan sunny tells him that he's going to do what is best for the team whether that means he's going to trade drew or
1: otherwise i i love the strength coach in this scene you can't quit man Not after all the work you did <laughs> right. uh, he got the like I said, he got the direction. B kind of a nice meathead.
3: <laughs> oh and also the moral of the story seems to be if you don't get your way, throw a temper tantrum. And yeah. you you will you will get what you want, right? Because yeah. Brian think both Drew do. Yeah. 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 Brian Drew finds out he, you know, he's not gonna be the starting quarterback, crashes the GM's office. Can't imagine that's you know, looked well upon. Uh, Dennis Leary. Doesn't like who they're going with. Burns a goddamn, almost starts a fire. Just like, like, doesn't anyone know how to use their words and be rational in yeah. the Browns organization?
1: <laughs> and even but, though we like him, Vontae Mack also is, you know, throws a fit on Twitter. Right. You know yeah, Essentially, he throws a little mini, a little mini hissy fit, and he ends up getting rewarded
3: <laughs> with the number one draft pick.
2: Yeah, yeah. Everything, everything works out for vonte He gets much, a lot more money than he was expecting. Yeah, yeah. He he he's he comes out the ultimate winner here. Yeah. Who do you think is most likely to to bomb out of the the league though? Vante, uh, Jennings, or Callahan? Jennings.
0: I'll say Jennings, just by nature of the yeah. yeah. You get Drake one is- bad hit, and you know, and mm-hmm. like. Here's the thing about quarterbacks. Um, I think a lot of times you want your quarterback to have a little prick in him.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. You Cause know,
1: he, like he has Aaron is a
2: colossal
1: prick. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah.
0: You know, but I think his teammates respect that he's not a phony for whatever faults he has. And he has many. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like they, they do paint the picture that nobody likes Bo Callahan, which I think as we've seen has been a problem because I think that's been a problem with Carson Wentz and i think yeah. it's been a problem ironically with the browns with baker mayfield um so that there is a delicate balance but i think a successful quarterback many of them do have prick in them you don't think tom brady's a prick of course he is you know like right. <laughs> like like that's uh so i think just based on the little we know of the talent i would say the running back uh has is the most likely guy to to, to bomb out
2: sure and is someone that has had to root against tom brady as someone that roots for a team in that division uh you don't have to tell me that he's prick i get it (laughs) although now he's like kind of funny on like social media so i kind of hate that he is a little bit uh, because now it's like a
0: little bit of self-awareness to him that's kind of uncomfortable yeah Yeah, i hate it (laughs) like it's like it's not like self-aware in that 99 percent of people are but you thought he was less self-aware than basically every human being on Earth. Like, he was just a... A robot. A robot, right. and now that he's not that, yeah, it's kind of disconcerting. Yeah.
3: Because yeah, I think it's it's definitely come to that, like, he has nothing to prove to anyone. He's kind of, like, untouchable. So he can go out and just kind of be... He can make fun of himself a little bit. Like, you know, I'm literally the best player to have almost ever played this game. So I can go kind of just, like, do whatever i want now he's got that fuck you money fuck you ring fuck you rings is what he's got he's got fuck you everything the fuck Fuck. you wife the fuck you rings the money it's like whatever he can do whatever he wants yeah he's got his own brand that's good to be him i'd imagine
2: i'm sure it doesn't suck (laughs) (laughs) and who would want to hear him complain right (laughs) like ah fuck you man Was Elon crashing your Tesla stock? Oh, boo-hoo. Yeah, believe <laughs> uh, So Sonny gets a call from the Chiefs, who just got a call from Drew's agent, and they're interested in Drew if the Browns plan to draft Callahan. Sonny says he needs time to think on it. And then that, that part of the story just goes away. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I think I it just leads him. to the confrontation with Dennis yeah. Larry's character. I think yeah. it's all that conversation is for.
3: Mm -hmm. I I forgot about that. They really never go back to the Chiefs. No. Mm -hmm.
2: So Ralph, the team security comes to Sonny with some dirt he dug up on Bo. Apparently there was an incident at Bo's 21st birthday party that caused the cops to be called. The cops didn't report a single member of his team went to the party, insinuating that Bo doesn't have any friends on the team. Sonny calls the head coach at Wisconsin to ask about the party and why none of the teammates were at the party. Head coach played by none other than Sam Elliott. And he basically calls... He calls Sonny an idiot, and the cops just didn't write down the players' names because they didn't do anything wrong, and it sounds like some, uh, you know, looking the other way sort of thing with the cops in a in a university town, especially in Madison.
1: Yeah, um, yeah so I was ninety nine point nine percent sure this was Sam Elliott, but in the back of my head, I'm like, what if it's not Sam
2: Elliott? <laughs> You'd be <laughs> laughed off this podcast, yeah. Mark.
1: <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm not even gonna look it up because I can. I can. Uh, I know Anne's gonna bring it up if it is Sam Elliott. So yeah,
2: we would have never let you live it down. No, I mean Dan mistook uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for Will Chamberlain <laughs> earlier. So yeah, um, but he's still here. It's okay. We're allowed to make mistakes. We're just humans. Yeah, Bo Callahan's allowed to make mistakes too. But that, and he gets picked six. Yeah. Uh. So meanwhile, Penn tries to talk to uh, Ali i almost said ali uh pen tries to talk to ali to get her to talk to Sonny about trading out of one and ali tells him to do his own talking for himself it's a weird sentence i wrote dunny <laughs> then gets a call from buffalo offering a trade for the first overall pick it's a good trade involving future picks and a star running back do you have anything to say about this uh this pick this tra- trade there joe
0: yeah what was the package
2: it was a first-round pick. It was it was a handful of draft picks. Uh, they, they really didn't get into how good the star running back is, but they said a blue chip running back. I don't exactly remember what it was though. Yeah,
0: well, I think they are going back to the running back because of uh because of the the the, the coaches want for one Dennis Leary's want for one Penn. I guess his name is. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it was th-
2: two first rounders in the next two years, but not this yeah. year.
0: Um, I probably would not have made that trade if I, if I had that first round pick, because you would have been essentially admitting I made a mistake with this trade and I traded three first round picks and got two back. Uh, no, 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 no. Cannot make that trade. <laughs> Can't do it.
2: He, he makes the right call there.
0: Yeah, I think he makes the right call.
2: Uh, but suddenly then approaches Penn because he knows it was Penn that called Buffalo to try and get a trade done. And then Sonny goes into Allie's office to talk about the trade with Buffalo when he says it's a good trade, but it might mean that he'll never get to make a first-round pick in Cleveland ever. So Sonny then goes back into the war room and tells everyone that the plan is to still draft Bo Callahan, but they should look at the tape of Vontae Max sacking Bo. After watching a few plays, they realize that Bo gets happy feet after he gets sacked. The only reason why he won the game is because Vontae got ejected for some ticky-tack personal foul because he gave his sister the football. Meanwhile, Molina is now at the draft and just eating up the limelight on national television, not ever removing his sunglasses. (laughs) I don't think Langella removes sunglasses throughout this entire movie. I don't think that's a good point. I don't think he does either. Yeah. And Sonny gets a call from the Texans asking about Vontae Mack and what he thinks of him, and Sonny is noncommittal. And then Ralph comes up to Sonny again with more news about Bo. He relays a story from the scouts at Washington that they taped a $100 bill to the back of the playbook to see if the prospects would read it. Bo essentially lied about reading the playbook and about the $100 bill. And then Ralph also mentions that Brian Drew, when they tried this trick on him, mailed the $100, $100 bill back. So I was reading the trivia that apparently this is similar to something that they did to Jamarcus Russell.
0: Correct teams definitely do stuff like this I don't know exactly what but stuff like this definitely happens so d- it, like, if anybody thinks that's the most ridiculous part about this movie it is not even close to the most ridiculous part about this <laughs> teams so, definitely do stuff like
2: this. according to the trivia what they did to Jermarcus Russell they gave him DVDs saying that oh here's game tape go home and watch it but the DVDs were blank and he <laughs> said yeah oh no I watched it all oops <laughs> Uh, that's yeah. why he's that's why he's a Hall of Fame quarterback.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, this whole thing of of talking about this was just to, you know, keep bringing home the point that, you know, Bo might not be who he says he is sort of thing going that, yeah. you know. well, Here's
3: the thing, like Bo, Bo never says he's anything, right? Like, he never claims yeah. he's this great guy. He's just I'm a yeah. good quarterback.
1: Yeah, but he just keeps trying to cover up any flaws he has instead of just admitting them. That, I think yeah, is what okay. they're coming to. You know, like the story being that the guys that were embarrassed that didn't read the book and didn't see the one dollar bill would admit it and just apologize. Um, but he just lied about it.
2: Gotcha. I, I find it hard to believe that he's the only one that lied about it, to be
1: honest with you. It's a Hollywood movie, as you said multiple times.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I think I think one of the failings though is that there there is a The part of this movie is, you know, trying to find the fault in Bo's character. But we never really we never really meet Bo in general. Obviously, obviously, that means it's going to be a longer movie and another thread, which I will never advocate for. But (laughs) (laughs) but I don't I don't feel like we ever really get a confirmation on his character. Like the whole the whole birthday party thing. Like he never he, he gives a non answer at the end, you know? Yeah, It was like, oh, I was, to be honest with you, I don't even remember that night. Like, okay, well, that's either him lying or, you know, conceivably a 21-year-old star football player. You know, I could see that being an actual uh, admission of being super drunk,
1: you know? It's not
2: impossible. So I I don't, we never really spent enough time with Bo to see, like, ooh, this guy is just kind of of seedy, you know, that you would see at, like, another... an actual football movie, like uh, uh, the guy that Keanu Reeves replaces in The Replacements. You know, you you meet you sit with him enough to know like that guy is an asshole, right? And Callahan, we it's just we hear through the grapevine that he's kind of a shitty person. Because Callahan, we know we never you know he seems like a normal dude. Um, so back at his office, Sonny's mom and ex-wife show up because his dad wanted his ashes scattered on the practice field, and for some reason she needs to do that right this second. He gets mad, throws a laptop, and his mom says she'll scatter the ashes herself. So Allie takes him outside to calm him down. And he talks about how his mother was the one that suggested he fire his dad because the stress was going to kill him. And she wanted to spend more time with him in his last years. That is another running thing in this movie is that um, Sonny fired his own father.
1: Yeah.
2: So, and uh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> again, it, 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 again, it who cares? Yeah. On the way back to his office, Sonny sees Rick, the intern, trying to piece together his laptop that Sonny threw against the wall. So Sonny feels bad and tells him that he's going to get him a new one. He he basically gives him like the chin up kind of speech, you know, like yeah,
3: you know, we've all been there, right, buddy? Yeah. Like, like come on, dude! Yeah. Like, act like you've been there. You're you're the GM of a professional sports team. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then get it's you- the NFL. Okay, oh, I was gonna say we'll get you on with all the bells and whistles. Like he knows, He doesn't know.
2: Letters. yeah yeah <laughs> one that has all the letters on it <laughs> and a num- number lock key you know kids are all going crazy for that f1 through 10s uh In 2014 that's the big thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's the nfl draft and Sonny's asking Allie who he should draft she doesn't have an answer for him but i think she gives him that paper that's that says what it says that i don't know I didn't even talk about it through this pro this whole plot, oh, outline. wait a, minute, so
3: she gives him a piece of paper or... no, no,
2: no. no, so she finds it in the office. he wrote it down, right? He wrote it down, okay, good, or, thats or his dad that, or his dad did right we
3: don't yeah, we don't know, yeah.
2: yeah, we
0: don't know no, I think i I think I remember him writing it.
3: He wrote okay, it down, okay. okay, yeah, because basically that note it it wipes out the entire movie, essentially,
2: it kind of does like
1: yeah um, the- the, it negates the, everything. Yeah, the entire movie is, is basically you start realizing when you see what that note says that his whole thing has been finding a reason to take someone besides, you know, who it says.
3: Like, not even that, right? Because like it, it's a finite statement on that letter, on that note. Yeah. It, so... The, can we can we just can we get to that? I guess since we're, we're, we're yeah, kinda... it's
2: the on the paper it says take uh, Vante Mac no matter what is what so,
3: it says yeah so that negates the entire day the entire day's worth of him fretting about who to take because he already knew who he wanted right so mm-hmm. I I don't understand the 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 point of trying to whittle down uh Bo Callahan if, I, if I, you know who you're taking
2: I read it as. Like, this is a symbol of his principles. Like, mm-hmm. this let this page, and then he was convinced to do something that he didn't want to do by trying to make a splash. And then, um, he stuck to his guns basically,
3: yeah,
1: right,
2: by picking the guy at one that he could have had at seven,
3: yeah. Basically. And and he has like a mini meltdown after that, pretty we much, should.
2: yeah, he absolutely 100% should. First of all, he's taking a, a linebacker with the number one overall pick. That's a question. But also, you've mortgaged the future of the team for a guy that you could have had at the pick if you just did nothing, if you slept in. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you didn't talk to
1: that guy while he was eating
2: his pancakes. Yeah. If, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if Sonny wakes up at, like, noon this day, he's had such an easier day. <laughs> right, right, He miss, he misses the phone call with Seattle. Yeah, Seattle drafts. Uh, uh he, they trade away their pick to somebody else. Yeah,
3: but now, like, here's the thing at the beginning of the show where I talked about how he fails upwards because he he makes that pick the number one pick, and then by the grace of God, everyone every other team now doesn't draft the quarterback. They don't draft Bo Callahan, mm-hmm. so now he's put back in an advantageous advantageous uh, spot.
2: Yeah, this <laughs> most of this movie. Is Sonny trying to undo what he does in the first fifteen minutes of this movie?
3: <laughs> it's yeah, it's 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 so wild because and, and maybe Joe, you can answer this, but is is that the trend that would happen in the draft? So if you know I'm the GM for the Browns and I I make that pick, I, I don't pick Bo Callahan. Do the other teams now panic and not take him as well?
0: Uh Not unless those other teams have the same exact information the Browns have.
3: Exactly, right. So they They don't. They would
0: have to have the information. There is no way they would sit here and say, whoa what do they know that we don't and now you might ask that at some point like do they know something we don't but those teams would have to be confident in their evaluations no there's absolutely no way those teams would 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 let a guy fall down just entirely based on um something that they think another team might know no it's it that's a ridiculous proposition and it proves its ridiculous by what happens at the end
2: uh okay so uh sunny calls bo to ask him about the birthday party and if any of the players showed up and bo says he doesn't remember so we don't get anything any information out of that Sonny puts in his pick and keeps it a secret from everyone else but he winds up pick- taking vante Mack, the guy he could have gotten at seven so it's a weird pick to say the least so Sonny laments kind of feeling like he didn't do anything particularly right today which probably pretty true but then a few picks go by, and now Bo Callahan hasn't been drafted yet, and now he's falling in the draft. The war room then realized that the only team standing in the way of the Seahawks winding up with Callahan on top of their next two draft picks for the next couple of years, and after all said and done, is Jacksonville, which so, is great.
0: I yeah. love that.
2: Just well, too the most totally most incompetent realistic
0: thing is Jacksonville being.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but they they've got the sixth pick. <laughs> It's got I one. don't
0: know <laughs> which trade is more realistic. He's got I love how they paint that they've got this young general manager. And in the unedited version of this film, guys, you actually see this young general manager shitting his pants on live television. <laughs> but like he is scared to death that there's something wrong with Callahan. And then oh my god, the trade he makes. <laughs> oh get into what the trade is. I can't yeah. even
2: So Sonny gets the GM of Jacksonville on the phone and convinces Jacksonville to trade their first-round pick to the Browns for their next three second-round picks. Oh,
0: God. This trade is horrible. Um, Now, you could convince me that, like, a team picking at, like, 27 would trade that pick to a team looking to move back into the first round for their next three first-round picks, second-round picks. A team trading... Three second round picks to move into the top 10 of a draft is preposterous. It would never happen. You <laughs> cannot make that trade without getting a future first round pick. You cannot do it. Can't. Yeah. Now there's no player involved here. No, this is, re-
1: this is the biggest fleecing in <laughs> NFL history, this trade. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just appropriate that the uh, entire war the Jacksonville Jaguars celebrates it as though it is the greatest trade of all time. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> And I love, speaking at GM, he tries he tries to, you know, a bluff, play, you know, the bluff thing and go, give me four. And as soon as Sonny goes, no, he's like, all right, you said three, right? Just <laughs> immediately backs down. it would still be a bad trade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's just funny. He tries to oh, counter offer and then immediately. Oh, what a horrible deal. <laughs>
3: Oh, it, and again it's just it's so great that it's between two of the like two of the laughing stocks of the nfl yeah. you have the browns you have the browns and the jaguars just like out out clowning each other yeah, the yeah. jets
2: must have had a good year the year before because they ain't in this movie
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh and then here we go the big spot <laughs> yep. the big the big denouement if you will <laughs> <laughs> uh, the climax, I guess. Yeah, not the day. Yeah. I'm so throwing bad film terms out around
2: here. <laughs> so Penn flips out. Molina somehow makes it back from New York already, and he's freaking out. But then Sonny gives the Seahawks a call, telling them that he's going to draft Callahan ahead of them, just to spite them, more or less, unless the Seahawks trade back the picks the Browns gave them, plus a kick returner. And for some reason, the Seahawks agree.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I That's love the not <laughs> yeah, They, uh... uh I love that he puts it on pause. He's like, "All right, what else do we need?" <laughs> as, as though they could get anybody they want off this team. <laughs> like he,
3: he, he is so firmly in the driver's chair. Like yeah. I could just take whatever I want from these guys now. <laughs> it, it's like a, it's like a Moneyball moment, right? Where uh, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill are trading for uh, Jeremy Giambi. And he's asking, he's asking Jonah Hill, oh, who who else do we want? Who else do we want? Oh, 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 get this guy.
2: Get this guy. I want this guy. And they they, they get him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is Moneyball Light, right? Right. The,
0: Kevin Costner literally was the worst general manager in history in this movie and the best. <laughs> and the Seahawks general manager was a competent one. And then... Somehow isn't even the worst general manager in the movie because that belongs to the Jaguars guy who <laughs> traded the sixth overall pick for three second round picks. Oh my God. Oh, I like that one. I literally, like, my buddy texted me and he said, and it wasn't Myers, and he said, when you get to the draft scene, you have to give me a reaction test. Uh, text. Man, it's just, and then it's we're just ridiculous. Just, we're shooting back and forth and we just go, Putney. <laughs> like, they even got Putney. Like, how do you get Putney in that deal? <laughs> And yeah. and that's like one of no. the
3: biggest wins for them. Yeah,
0: God, like it get and then they take the running back at seven. But oh my, uh, I mean, just, like yeah. the only realistic trade in this entire movie is the first one. That's it.
1: Yeah, and it's I think it's yeah, and the, and the reason obviously they draft the running back is the only other named character in the entire movie.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs>
3: you you get one scene with him throughout the whole movie, and like we're supposed to be emotionally involved with the running back.
1: Yeah. He's Cleveland royalty.
3: Oh yeah, they, you know what the most. Unbelievable thing about this movie was was whenever Roger Goodell goes out onto the dais, he is booed oh, yeah. off the stage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's getting cheered. I was like, oh, they they made that. They made that happen. Yeah. <laughs> even my wife knew, like, oh, he he usually gets booed, doesn't he? Like every time, every well, and, time. He even exit on now. So like he's in on it now. Like yeah, but <laughs> no,
1: nope, not in this movie.
3: Yeah, no, like yeah. Again, we got to make us look good. Yeah, and they. <laughs>
1: And they uh and they also didn't have any Jets fans commenting on the draft, so it was unrealistic for me. And that, that, yeah,
3: I I did really like the uh, the Cleveland bar when they choose Vontae number one, and the guys at the bar are like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> like the other like, what the hell is going on here?
1: Uh, that, it's many many years old, but that video is still one I will probably oh. watch this Thursday.
0: The Jets uh, draft yeah. blunders, I, I'll be posting it on my Twitter feed on Thursday. Matter of fact, when we're done here, here I'm going to go watch it downstairs on my big screen. It's just it's <laughs> two minutes, and there's a point where Pete Rizell, the the commissioner of the NFL, comes out and says, the Jets first round selection, fullback, and yes. he just says the position. <laughs> and there's a Jets fan that goes, ah, no, in the background because they... <laughs> He didn't even hear the guy's name. He heard his position, and it's like, it's sense. Oh, my God, uh, Myers. Uh, you're
1: going to have me watching that now.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I watch it every year. <laughs> Sorry,
3: Ant. Guys, okay.
2: Anthony's right here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know what I picked. Yeah.
0: <laughs> God bless you, man.
2: <laughs> I mean, I haven't watched a game in years, so. It helps that they suck. It helps that they suck because they don't get national coverage.
1: <laughs> so, okay, according to this movie, the uh, the Jets drafted in the second round the real lifeer Bo Callahan and Christian Hacken <laughs> Oh,
3: no, again, I'm, I'm telling you guys,
0: I think he just stunk. Yeah,
3: 20, 2014. Seattle wins the Super Bowl. Cleveland went eight and nine, so <laughs> pretty good for the, the
2: Browns,
1: right?
3: Yeah, that that's like their Super Bowl, really.
2: Yeah, it's because of Brian Drew. So, <laughs> I,
3: also, real quick. I loving, I, I but I'm really kind of like, did they have to do this? They mentioned Ryan Leaf, how he's a total bust. Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: But, she, but she also, when she mentions Ryan Leaf, she also gives like his entire backstory, like a yeah. general manager wouldn't know that. Like, yeah, yeah, but that's what they said about Ryan Leaf who was the number 2 overall pick in 1998 when he came out of Washington State after losing the Rose Bowl like 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 shouldn't go that far but like it, it's just like it reminded me of the part where he's like yeah your star wide receiver has been in here and he's like just like uh they didn't let uh they didn't necessarily count on the audience using its intelligence to figure th- things out in this movie yeah, yeah. I,
3: I just i i picture Ryan Leaf sitting at home watching the movie like oh come on i haven't yeah. been in the league in
0: <laughs> my is, crazy, he totally man. Embraces his bus status now yeah <laughs> like,
2: unfortunately that's that's what he's known for I, I think at this point you have to or else you're gonna you know swallow the wrong end of shotgun after a certain <laughs> amount of years yeah okay. that's what did it in his in his note yeah uh so see seahawks wind up drafting callahan and the browns draft jennings when everyone's happy and molina congratulated Sonny for having a huge set of balls team has a celebratory party with the new draft picks and then sunny Allie, and his mom essentially walk into the sunset which gets ruined by an unnecessary epilogue of the season kickoff and then a terrible fake imagine dragon song plays over the officially <laughs> licensed nfl stills as the credits roll and that is the yeah. end of drafting
1: yeah so good old friend nate allen in that collage show oh he's in there <laughs> oh, no. yeah that, that 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 made me remember what year that was like
0: that, that was a remember some guys thing. And, like, yeah. 20,
1: 2014
0: doesn't seem that long ago. But in, in the NFL, when careers are so short, it is a remember some guys thing.
1: Like, oh, remember sure. Peyton Hillis? Yeah. You not <laughs> <go with
0: that.
2: laughs> I mean, Peyton Hillis is the exception because, you know, in 2015, you you're like, oh, man, I remember that guy. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> uh,
1: and that's draft day. Uh, kind of weird that it exists, to be honest with you. I'm telling yeah, you. It- it was, yeah, it's a movie, like I said, I've been thinking about was perfect for this podcast, especially when we start doing themed uh, uh, movies around times a year. Um, I'm glad we could get it on this year. Um, glad Joe could join us uh, just because this movie is just a, a like the most obvious propaganda thing. But you could you could probably find some people on Twitter. I mean, you could find people on Twitter to say anything. Um, that we just say that this movie is like a masterpiece in exactly how the NFL is. <laughs> Dude, they got it so right, man. Not. I, well,
3: I'm just, I was it's happy that... Yeah, I was just happy Joe was able to break... Because you. I knew certain drafts or certain, you know, trades were like, oh, that doesn't sound great. But by having Joe be able to break down exactly why it's terrible... <laughs> again, just mind-boggling how bad... Some of these things actually, like, like earth shatteringly bad for teams. Got it was <laughs> <They got> Putney, <laughs> that, <laughs> and that, that's that's got to be like the the
2: the stinger for like the the TikTok.
3: They got Putney.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Re- it is really weird that the that the the cap on that trade is an, a uh, character we have never met before. <laughs>
0: But they managed, uh, oh my God! Oh, that's, yeah, I mean, do you want to talk fireable offense? Moving <laughs> down from one to six while also losing your star kick returner—that's a—that's a pretty fireable offense. That's incredibly <laughs> fireable. Oh my God! Oh, there's so much we could get, get to, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Seahawks general manager, loser of this. Not as big a loser as
1: the Jaguar, but he was already a loser. But now. <laughs> by beginning the Jaguars yeah. At
2: least he got those second round picks. Yeah, we'll keep him warm at oh, wow. night when he is uh, homeless because <laughs> we don't have a job. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we have a movie where the heroes of the movie are NFL front office personnel. You know, right? that's just... what everyone's wanting to know about. Yeah, right? exactly. Really the unsung heroes of the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, <laughs> they do. They do the Lord's work. <laughs> yeah, uh, I. that's all I got. It's yeah. Uh... Uh, the the NFL draft is is today when this movie drops. Joe, is there anything we could look out for today? What's a prediction if you want to give us one? I feel like Putney is gonna get moved. today. <laughs> I <laughs> hope
0: so no it's um year. this is um this is a draft where I, I don't have any really specific projections because this is a very unsettled draft class. like there's no like slam dunk uh, Bo Callahan in this draft. Where somebody's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, no, it like there could be guys who are going like top five, top 10, who you were like, whoa, I had never heard that name going that high. And I think it's going to be because it, it's a draft that has a lot of talent, but not a super high end t- amount of talent. It's just more deep in talent. And I think there's going to be fewer guys who are graded as first rounders on teams boards. And they're just going to end up taking who they think are the best players on. Uh, I, I would expect some trades. Teams trading down if they can to accrue more picks, that always happens, but this is a trade where I think having more selections is more beneficial than having a high selection.
1: Yeah, okay yeah, just got to make sure you get those three second round picks
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, getting three second round picks is fine as long as you're not trading the sixth pick in the draft form. <laughs>
2: All right. Yeah, that's going to wrap us up this week. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for coming on this week. Is there a uh, where could people find you on Twitter or whatever socials?
0: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at FG. That's fun guy underscore Dolan. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Joe Dolan FF. That's mostly me posting pictures of my dogs, but Twitter, yeah. I'm always hooting and hollering about something. Um, and you can find my work at fantasypoints.com. Okay, great.
2: Thank you so much. Uh, we got so look check out the nfl draft today and we got a bunch of great episodes coming up this these coming weeks we've got um a really special one going on next week which will be fun and uh yeah so check us out on all the socials where where we post all this stuff you if you if you're listening to this you know where to find us basically uh thanks guys uh the director of draft day is Ivan Reitman so for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers this is Anthony Delvecchio telling director Ivan Reitman well you certainly made a movie didn't you Thanks for listening to They Called Us A Movie. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TikTamPod. That's T-C-T-A-M-Pod. You can also check us out on TikTok at They Called Us A Movie.